0: where we talk about the best in film each and every week. I'm Rob Carraher. And I'm Danny Carraher. And this episode, we are going to be talking about The Lost Daughter, which can be found on Netflix. Uh, this is Megan Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut. She also wrote the screenplay. Um, stars Olivia Coleman, Jesse Buckley, Dakota Johnson, Ed Harris, and Peter Sarsgaard. Oh, and I guess Paul Mescal is also kind of one of the bigger names there. Um, so that's an absolutely great cast. Uh, this has received um, some buzz throughout the year uh, for some specific awards, uh, most notably for the adapted screenplay written by Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Olivia Colman has received quite a bit of love as well. Um, the premise, just a very basic premise um, because I don't want to give too much away and we'll kind of as we're discussing this try to uh, dance around and, and give a little bit of detail throughout our discussion without um, entirely unraveling the way that this this play screenplay, plays out so uh on imdb we just got a very brief description here says a woman's beach vacation takes a dark turn when she begins to confront the troubles of her past and i think that that kind of sets it up to match the tone of the film which kind of has this eeriness to it uh and you don't quite know why it's so eerie throughout the entire thing. Um, but uh, I am curious, Danny, what you thought of The Lost Daughter. Um,
1: I was not as in love with it as I was hoping I would be. I think I, um, I didn't have h- really high expectations, but I was really looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I'll say from the just generally the story, I think, did not take me where I wanted it to, to go or not even where I wanted it to go. It just didn't take me anywhere. Really. It, it, it gave me a concept It explored that concept and it kind of just ended. Um, and other people, I've read some of the other things that people have had to say and th- there's, I think a lot, some people that are in my camp, but then there's a lot of people that really appreciate this look at basically motherhood and, uh, the challenges of being a mom and I, I that is the most interesting aspect of the movie that concept and I do think it is explored well but I'm not sure if it is made for the the execution of the story is is not where it could be um I really thought the performances were stellar in this uh, I am excited about the idea of Maggie Gyllenhaal potentially making more movies And writing more movies but i ended up giving this a seven out of ten stars so i i I thought it was a good movie i didn't think it was a great movie
0: um it sounds like we think a little bit different on this one we we don't usually have a lot of movies where the the feeling we get toward it are that off Mm -hmm. um even though i gave it an eight out of ten um but i think i was on the higher end of the eight Uh, and maybe it sounds like you're just more solidified on that seven because of different elements of of the film. But I really, really liked this film. And um, whereas you kind of took away from it that it doesn't really take you to some real destination at the end, I kind of liked that aspect to it. I liked Mm -hmm. the fact that it definitely takes a look at motherhood and from an angle that we don't necessarily get to see very often. Um, And that was very, very interesting to me and the way that it ends, even though um, it may not have a very specific destination uh, it, I think that represents kind of the overarching issue here and why this is a story being, Uh, talked about in the first place because um, there is this sort of double standard with women and in the way that society kind of expects them to to act or to the role that they expect them to play and uh, that there isn't really an easy fix for all of the problems that we see um because it's very, very complicated. I, I think that it, it's a very tangled issue in that uh, women kind of get ripped off a little bit when it comes to having children because it seems like they are very much expected to be the uh, individual who is doing a lot of the raising of children and sacrificing their own personal uh, ambitions to be a mother. And, uh, at its core, that's kind of what this, this film is really about. And, um, yeah, Olivia Coleman, I think is absolutely fantastic. This is, this is the type of role that I really, really like to see where it's just, there are very nuanced, uh, performances where, there's nothing in this that's like over the top in like a big scene stealing uh, performance, but she's so good in every moment. And we get to see a kind of gamut of emotions. Um, and yeah, I, I, I find it to be very, very interesting. I, and we get the same thing I think from Jesse Buckley. I think Jesse Buckley is a very great actress. <laughs> Yeah. I,
1: I think that this is a good time to maybe just talk about the performances all around. Yeah. Uh, I agree with a lot of what you said about Olivia Coleman. Are we thinking that she's going to get recognized for an Academy award in this movie or no?
0: Yeah. I think she is going to be get in. Um, I think there is a chance she wins. Uh, the, this category of best actress is way wide open right now. Um, and there are a lot of people writing her off, but I think that she's a very beloved actress and this is a fantastic performance. And um, this may be the only opportunity to recognize this film at the, the Oscars. And so that's, that That I think alone kind of uh, gives her a, an excellent opportunity to be recognized. Um, I think Jesse Buckley has a very, very, very outside chance of sneaking into Best Supporting Actress, um, but I think her performance is probably my second favorite supporting actress performance of the year. I I agree with you, and
1: I actually like Jesse Buckley's. I mean, nothing against Olivia Coleman's performance, but I was just take blown away by Jesse Buckley in yeah. this movie because what Olivia Coleman is doing is she's playing subtlety really, really well throughout the entire movie. I would say. Uh, She never goes like way over the top. She is kind of more or less kind of uh, already solidified her stance and her viewpoint on things. And, but she still like feels a guilt or whatever uh, that is hanging over those past decisions. Whereas we get to see kind of that, those mistakes or those choices being made with Jesse Buckley's character and there's some very high highs and some really low lows with her character. And she had to do a lot of, a, a big range of things, I think. And I, I'm so excited to see Jesse Buckley in more things. I think yeah. she she has to be one of the next biggest actors that it, we have right now.
0: That That's how I feel too. Um, I haven't seen Wild Rose. I really want to see that. And after seeing this film, I think that that motivates me even more to, get around to watching that film because uh, I, I just think she's so captivating um, and, and she
1: does something that a lot of big actresses sometimes struggle with like that are the stars is she like I would say Olivia Coleman, like Frances McDormand uh, like Meryl Streep can play normal people pretty well
0: yeah. and that is a
1: really important thing and Saoirse Ronan is an actress who can do that as well yeah. I think uh, the more that you can tap into just the everyday, you know, kind of boringness of life and show that on screen in a captivating way, just like you said, I think that that's huge.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I obviously those are the I think the two um, standouts in this. I am interested to see what you thought of Dakota Johnson's performance in this film. Um, there are a lot of people that, Uh, are really applauding this performance. A lot of people were saying that they really didn't even realize it was her throughout the entirety of the film. Um, And so I'm curious kind of what you think of this Dakota Johnson performance.
1: I did not think it was anything special. I thought that uh, it's a role that could have been played by a no-name actress just as well. And, And that's not to say that Dakota Johnson does a bad job. I almost felt, and this gets us into writing, which we'll talk more, I think we should talk about next, the writing yeah. here, because that is a big piece of this movie. But I, it, I was sometimes curious about the character motivations for that specific character. There was ways that she was uh, depicted, the way she's looking at Olivia Coleman's character, And at times, it feels like it's a suspicious way. At times, it feels like it was an admiring look. And I was was curious if that was supposed to be something that I, I was supposed to read it one way or another, if that was purposely ambiguous. But something did not quite work for me with that specific character. And I don't know if it was performance direction or writing I wonder what you think about that um
0: I to to an extent I think the it's supposed to be maybe a little ambiguous uh they as a viewer we're kind of always questioning um what motives are there uh from this character she makes she makes you uncomfortable like throughout the entire film uh you're sort of uncomfortable with this this relationship that is uh, starting to develop between uh, Leda and Nina, um, and and clearly, Leda, played by Olivia Coleman, sees a little bit of herself in Nina, and I think that's part of why she she feels this need to sort of reach out to her and uh, almost be this motherly type figure to Nina. Um, Cause she sees her maybe making some of those mistakes that she made as a young mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's kind of this hardness to Dakota Johnson's Nina um, where it's almost like uh, she is up to something and is trying to play uh, Leda in a way that is uh, sinister. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, I don't know if that's what Maggie Gyllenhaal is trying to get across here is that there's almost kind of this creepiness of the, the situation. I I haven't read the novel. I'm very interested to read the novel because I think that this has a really interesting concept. The novel is written by uh, Elena Ferrante. And um, from just a little bit of background that I have heard about the novel, they really dig in a little deeper. And Nina's family and like the people that she's associated with um, supposedly they are, are connected with the Italian mafia. And uh, that doesn't really come across very strong in this movie, if that's there at all. Um, and with Olivia Coleman's character as a writer, she uh, is very interested in, Ital- in Italy and kind of the way that um that, that's kind of her subject area that she is she is wanting to talk about. Um, and so I think that maybe there is a little bit more there that Maggie Gyllenhaal chose not to represent in the film that could have maybe brought that connection a little bit more um, and maybe given a little more motive to the way in which Nina acts in a lot of these, these situations. Because mm-hmm. clearly her husband is problematic person like you can tell that like there's something she's kind of scared of him um and you don't really know what's going on there which then i think trickles down to her just acting sort of weird in a lot of these situations
1: yeah i i I think that we should that that's a good place to maybe talk start talking about some of the uh the writing choices but i want to mention a couple of the things because this also kind of goes with that first well, the first part doesn't. The f- I did like Ed Harris's performance in this movie. I think that he is playing kind of a different type of character than he normally does. Uh, he is kind of uh, been typecasted as either being like a curmudgeonly old guy now or like a villain. And he isn't either of those things really in this movie. And I, I thought that was interesting. He plays a very, very small role. But then uh, another performance that I thought was interesting, it's very small, is the Paul Mescal performance. And that was also a character that I was kind of uncertain about their motivations. And it felt like maybe there was more story similar to the Dakota Johnson character that we didn't get to. I, I, before we get to writing, do you have anything to say about those two?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think they're both good performances. Both of those actors are good. Um, it it, neither are anything overly special they just do a a really good job at what they do and so uh yeah i have no problems at all with either of those performances
1: yeah um so on that note i feel like uh i wanted to to touch on the the way that this story is structured in terms of going to flashback at times to portray the Young version of Leda played by Jesse Buckley. Uh, is that something that you thought worked? And if it worked, uh, what does it add to the story? And um, overall, did you like that aspect?
0: Yeah, I do. I did like that aspect of it because that's, I think, at the core of what this film is trying to say um, is that life is kind of about experiences. And uh, that we we have things in common with other people sometimes that we have experienced in the past, and we can maybe bring something to uh, that person. And so, as Olivia Coleman is sitting there and observing Nina in the present time, this is bringing up a lot of memories about her situation as a young mother and uh, this really kind of plays into I think um, this understanding of who is the lost daughter Mm -hmm. and I, I think there are some different interpretations here of why, why this, this film is called The Lost Daughter and who that person actually is. And I don't want to necessarily spoil that uh, or like talk in depth about who we think that is. But um, there is, because you have that layeredness where we get to go back and see uh, Leda as a young person um, and some of the decisions that she makes, it allows us to have a better understanding of where Olivia Coleman's older Leda is coming from and how she is interacting um, with this, you know, just... uh, normal interaction that you would have typically with somebody that you may be sharing uh, a vacation rental with or a, mm-hmm. a, an area while you're on vacation with. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, having, I think, those flashbacks really, I I, I think, develop this character more in a way that uh, it wouldn't if we didn't have that.
1: I, I really, really liked the, the flashbacks that were used. I was not 100% sure if they were executed as well as they could have been used I felt like the editing of the back and forth between the flashbacks sometimes I was curious if there was a way it could have been done to I don't know feel more patternized or feel more structured
0: like uh, more of a parallel structure type thing
1: yeah and not and that's that's maybe more of just what I would have liked to see. I don't know if that's a problem with the movie, but there were some aspects of it that I kind of wanted to to see a little bit more specific, you know, this is why this flashback was shown now versus. And and that's also something too that maybe if I rewatch it at some point, I'll pick up on that a little bit more, but I I loved the idea, just wasn't sure about the execution of it. Um, this is also a, a interesting story about uh, a person, because even though this is a, an Italian family, and this is a British woman, who both of them are obviously uh, have an interest in Italy, it takes place in Greece. Yep. Do you feel like there, there was something about the setting of this that made the character feel like more alone. I just, that loneliness kept being a really strong uh, kind of motif to me. And I kept coming back to that. I really thought that was a powerful way to kind of show she's alone here. You know, she's not, you know, no has no one else but herself.
0: Well, right. I mean, ultimately I think that's what this, this film is about is uh, the way the relationships we have in our life and how um to an extent she created her own loneliness but uh, i don't know that the the uh location so much matters here i think that the idea of going on a vacation or like leaving your place uh of where you live to do that by yourself is kind of just lonely in and of itself, and having that in juxtaposition of um, Nina and her gigantic family that are all vacationing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and how like they, you know, in a way, like they can't, you can't, they can't escape one another. So it's almost like they have no time to be alone um there there's kind of that comparison there so maybe to an extent trying to just say that there there needs there's kind of this happy medium in our lives of being inundated with um people constantly needing your attention uh versus uh needing somebody to ask for your attention and in just the the complete uh um difference between that and then you actually you have this other character uh callie who is uh um i don't know exactly the relationship to nina is it like her cousin or yeah yeah it's somebody family related but she kind of she's she's going to be an expecting mother or she's an expecting mother and uh like there's this conversation that's kind of being had where um, she's very excited about it, where it doesn't quite understand where Nina or Leda are coming from um, because she, she doesn't know how much their lives change after you have a child Mm -hmm. and how um, kind of the carefreeness of being able to do what you want when you don't have children um, Mm -hmm. that she doesn't she doesn't have that recognition she's very positive about a lot of things whereas both Nina and Leda there is some real realism there where it's like no that's not how it is um and and I think that that kind of makes a little bit of a a interesting conversation here uh overall, even though it's pretty obvious what this film is saying, it doesn't insult us as viewers. It's not trying to um, just shove some agenda down our throat. And it floats a lot of things out there that I think are very interesting. And I think that's what draws me to it. It doesn't tie up everything nicely. Um, And sometimes I like a movie like that. Uh, Especially like that. I think I can forgive a little bit of the messiness of this. Uh, by, by no means is this a perfect movie but for a directorial debut and your first screenplay um, this is a pretty incredible uh, production for, for Maggie Gyllenhaal and uh, for a first time out uh, I think she did a lot of things very, very well um, the cinematography I think is very interesting in this film uh, in the kind of up-close angled uh mm-hmm. kind of dreamy like feel at times uh i i think that it is done quite beautifully um i think the score in this film is very good uh there's like a main kind of theme for Leda that is very 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 well written mm-hmm. uh the score didn't make the shortlist for the oscar so it won't get nominated but uh, And this isn't going to, like I said, this isn't going to get a bunch of Oscars um, or Oscar nominations. But uh, overall, I think the production of this is pretty, pretty good. And you were talking about editing earlier and how maybe you had a few little problems with editing and how maybe the choices for where it was
1: structural editing, not the scene to scene editing, I would say. Yeah. Within a scenes, editing looked good, but otherwise the structure editing didn't seem quite right to me.
0: Yeah, and uh, that didn't necessarily stick out to me. Um, could be a thing where if I watched it again, that it, I might notice it if I'm looking for it a little bit more. But uh, it's hard. I think adapting a novel is very difficult, and you sometimes don't have any choice but to follow the... Narrative of that novel, and sometimes that doesn't translate probably as well to the screen as uh, it reads in the book, um, just because you don't have much time to work with, and so it forces you to do some things that maybe don't work quite as naturally as they would in in the book, and yeah, that ends up detracting from your film a little bit. But like I said, I don't think I really had a problem too much with it because. I almost see see it as, um, you know, we, we go through life and there's little things that may just kind of tip us off to some memory that we're having. And that's kind of how I saw it. Uh, just that that uh, there are little things that remind her of something when she was a, a younger mother. And uh, that's why we get those those moments throughout the film.
1: Well, and I, I had this question written down. I was wondering is there any part of you that feels like this would have been better adapted to a mini series than a movie? Cause I, I felt like there was more story, more characterization to be shown. And that is interesting to me. I don't think it would be as re- well recognized as a movie or as a TV show because it would just be too, you know, drawn out. But I feel like I would have gotten into the characterization better.
0: Yeah. Wow. I think, I think almost every single time that a movie is adapted from a book, it would probably be better for it to be adapted as a a miniseries just because there's so much to explore in a book that you just can't in a 90 to 120-minute movie. Um, And because how long is this movie? This movie is, yeah, just over, just Mm -hmm. over two hours. And so that's very, very, very difficult to do. But the thing about it is that if it were adapted into a series, I think it loses a lot of the feel that it has, um, because it, it it gives us maybe a little too much um, in terms of these characters, and so they play would play a little bit different. Um, I also
1: think that you wouldn't get these actors uh, oh. if it was a miniseries. These actors are a huge part of what makes this movie great. Yeah. And- like maybe you get Olivia Coleman or maybe you get Jesse Buckley, but I don't think you get Jesse Buckley, Buckley, Olivia Coleman, Dakota Johnson, yep. and Ed Harris. You know, and yeah, yeah. all of those people. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: I I think that you're right, uh, right about that. Just that it it. I don't know. I I think I think it was probably the right move to go with it as a movie, um, even if it didn't completely. Uh, execute it perfectly um, mm-hmm. still I think it's a, a interesting film for people that are interested in great acting um, for people that kind of have, like con- concepts that are are really kind of pulled apart and uh, looked at uh, mm-hmm. I think people would like this um, I've got yeah. go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, Netflix, they probably don't have the resources to push this film a little bit harder in in, uh, award season because they're putting everything behind The Power of the Dog and uh, Don't Look Up and Tick, Tick, Boom um and you maybe even i don't i don't know i'd say this is probably their fourth film and then passing would probably be their fifth film that they're really pushing that's a lot of movies to be pushing for awards buzz especially when you have a movie like the power of the dog which is clearly the movie that they are trying to get a lot of awards for um and has a potential to win best picture so i i that maybe there is a situation where this film gets completely shut out and we don't, doesn't get any awards buzz. Um, but I think that there are some good enough aspects in here that, uh, it should get some recognition.
1: So you mentioned passing, which is a movie that is a directorial debut by a actress, Rebecca Hall, which is better this or passing.
0: Um, I actually have this movie ranked a little bit higher. Um, To be completely honest, these films are very, very similar in terms of, uh, I think, um, kind of the ambition of a first time director. uh, The fact that they do a lot of things very, very well. Um, I think they're both very performance driven films, but I think they both have some messiness to them that uh, can be probably attributed to the fact that this is their first go around and they just don't quite have um, everything there yet. Uh, But um, I I can forgive a lot of that. Uh, Passing's a movie that just kind of has stuck with me uh, for a while. And I kind of feel that way about The Lost Daughter too. Um, Whereas there might be better films in terms of execution this year. Uh, kind of the grittiness of both of these films uh, kind of stick with you and they they make them a little bit more memorable. Um, And I wonder if it does really come down to performances a lot and that's the reason why we connect with it. Um, And it makes me wonder if actors who turn into directors, if they manage to get uh, a lot more out of performers um then maybe just a typical direct somebody who went directly into directing mm-hmm. um because they just understand how mm-hmm. that works a little bit better um because yeah some of the best performances we got this year are from films that you know are are directed by actors, actors. um mm-hmm and i actually
1: feel that passing is maybe just a little bit better for in my personal view just because i thought i like the cinematography a lot in passing and i like the conceptual aspect of putting a movie in black and white that has to deal with race and there's a lot both movies have so much to really sink your teeth in you know yeah about and that that's what makes both of them i think good movies i would i neither of them i would say like you know, you shouldn't see or what you know. I I think actually both of them are pretty I mean they're both heavy dramas, but yeah both of them are pretty uh you accessible. know accessible accessible to people. So yeah, uh, definitely. I, I have a, a quick question about the end of the movie and I'm gonna be as vague as possible here because I don't want to give anything away. And I'm curious, this is mostly if you have seen the movie and you happen to listen to this, maybe you'll know what I'm talking about. But is the last shot of the movie real?
0: Um, I don't know. Uh, and I think to an extent it is supposed to be that way. They, the end, I think, is very symbolic. Um, and it's trying to come sort of bring everything to kind of this point of who this person is and uh now that they're at this stage in their life uh what how how do they feel about themselves as a person and uh the whether it's real or not i think is sort of beside the point because i think it is just trying to get you as a viewer um to really think about uh sort of who this character is and um how they arrived or ended up at the point that they ended up at and whether or not you um should empathize with this person um or if you know they kind of have 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 it coming or Mm -hmm. they they did it to themselves and therefore um maybe we shouldn't have as much empathy for this this person
1: yeah I, w- I would say in terms of writing this character is maybe the some one of the more complex characters this one and Phil Burbank from Power of the Dog they yeah. are very very complex and you know you you kind of see them in di- at different angles throughout the films um, what would what would you want to see what type of movie or story would you want to see Maggie Gyllenhaal tackle next because this is I think we would both agree this is a movie that you know she was able to show something that was clearly important to her and thinking about the role of motherhood and um, she is also uh, it's good to see how uh, a well-known actor who becomes a director is kind of heightening female voices as well and giving space to these female performers and so where would you want to see her go next, I guess.
0: I don't know. Um, I just, I, I just want to see her build on this um, in terms of, I, I'd like to see her maybe do another drama. Um, maybe, maybe one where she doesn't write it uh, just to kind of see what she can do as a filmmaker entirely, not to say that she was bad as a screenwriter or anything, but maybe doing an original story with an, a, a great writer. Um, and kind of see what she can do there. Uh, Maybe even if she wants to continue on as a writer, writing her own original screenplay and see how uh, she does with something like her own story and not trying to just adapt something. But uh, I hope she continues to make movies because it seems like um, that she's able to put together a really great cast. And I imagine that will continue. I don't think anybody thinks that this was a failure by any means, uh, I, I think everybody at the end of this year is going to look at Maggie Gyllenhaal and um, recognize her as a legitimate uh, director and somebody that uh, they expect to continue to make movies as a director uh, moving forward. And, and I think that that's pretty cool because um, I really like Maggie Gyllenhaal. I think she's a great actress and maybe yeah. she'll even want to star in one of her movies, too.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting how many a- like actresses have become directors in recent years. We have Olivia Wilde, we have Greta Gerwig, we have Rebecca Hall, now Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's I don't know. It's an interesting trend to see, and maybe that's just come with the recognition that there's not enough uh, women directors and. Oh women are saying like, okay, well, if anybody's going to do it, we have a good shot because we already have our foot in the door, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think that uh, this is going to be pushing our conversation a little bit f- further. And maybe this is a good way to kind of wrap things up as we think about cinema. Um, and we, we continue to go back to kind of this idea, what is the future of cinema going to look like? Um, but I think because uh, independent cinema over the last two decades has really started to, Um, people can make movies that never would have been able to make movies 20, 30 years ago uh, Mm -hmm. because there are a lot more opportunities out there to do that. And now there are a lot more platforms for these movies to be seen. Um, At one point in time, you couldn't see an independent film unless you had an art house in your, your town, uh, which really limited a lot of these smaller films to big cities and uh, and then it wouldn't make it to people's homes until it came out on DVD or video. Uh, But now because of all of these streaming platforms, I think we're starting to see some voices uh, have stories that are getting made that probably would have never been made 20, 30 years ago simply because the opportunities are there. And so, yeah, building on their successes as actresses have allowed them to now uh, do projects that they want to do. Um, and they're making their own opportunities in ways that weren't there previously. Uh, before, you will, you, actresses, most actresses probably are only getting roles that men are writing and it doesn't really represent their own thoughts and opinions about um, being a woman. Um, And so now because there's all this room to to be recognized as an artist, um, these sorts of projects are getting seen and picked up. And Netflix, I think in particular, you think about the fact that we have Rebecca Hall, we have uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and we have Lin-Manuel Miranda, all which had a debut on Netflix this year, um, shows that Netflix is willing to give a platform for a lot of these uh, actors to try some things out and really get to have their voice heard, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and something you alluded to earlier, it's so clear that, actors do give a space to other actors to really show i mean some of the best performances we've seen have been movies directed
0: by actors yeah
1: andrew garfield included
0: Yep. yeah uh yeah. yeah i i totally agree with that um so i think that wraps up our conversation about the lost daughter if you are into um Uh, dramas and just want to see some great performances with a very intriguing story check out the lost daughter it's on netflix um so you can see it see it now um so until next time have a great week we'll see you later